Welcome back to the uh, Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Uh, K-Talk, K-Y-A-H. Thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. Hey, this last segment, we are going to bring back Marcy Green Campbell, and she is going to give us an update on what our elected officials are doing uh, in Salt Lake City. Marcy, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me. So you've been down at the uh, Capitol building, and uh, what's the sense? What issues are pressing? What's happening there? Right. So I'm not there every day, but I am watching online. Not a ton of people are there in the public. I've been up there uh, to testify for HB 136 when it was in committee. It passed through committee, and it has now passed through the House yesterday. So we'll see what happens over on the and, Senate. And side. remind HB the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Was making some changes to the initiative and referendum process in the state of Utah. So um, it, it, it adds some things that make it more difficult, but it's removed some things in terms of the referendum process that would make it easier uh, down the road for people who desire to have that check and balance against the legislature in terms of a referendum. Let's talk about the referendum side. What was changed? Uh, do you think it's a, a better process now? Well, let's talk about the changes first. What was changed? So um, initially the bill was adding some of the things that are difficult in terms of it, actually making it more difficult in terms of asking to have um, the people who pay, like companies who have employees to go gather signatures, changing some of those requirements and making it more difficult. We were able to get that removed from the referendum process. It was still a portion of the initiative process, part of the bill. Um, eventually, there was an amendment that had to be made to it um, because that was just too difficult. So it's been a long process with a lot of changes. Right now, the way that the bill looks is that um, something that's important to me was that it removed the requirement to have a paper copy of the bill for every single packet, which was a huge portion of the cost. In a grassroots effort, in a grassroots effort on the referendum process, so they can have a piece of paper that says "Go here" and you can read the whole bill, or we have it in front of them to read. But we didn't have to; we won't have to print it off every time. So I think that's because a really big Marcy, the, the truth of the matter is, nobody read the bill, right? I mean, I gathered signatures at Harmon's. I don't think anybody said, "Let me read the bill before I sign or not sign." Right. I know that several people, when I was gathering signatures, um, people had read it online and had Absolutely. come Yeah. Right. But right, standing right there in front of the table, they weren't reading it right there. But we, we still, uh, according to this bill, you would still need to offer that they could read it right in front of you. But we, didn't, we won't have to print it off for every single packet. And so, as you know, that was the biggest expense in doing that grassroots yep. effort. So that's that, a huge to me, win. is a really big deal. Yeah. Yep. That's, I, think, I feel like that's a really big win on that behalf. Um, there is something that I think is beneficial in the bill. Uh, if there is a paid signature gatherer, they'll be required to wear a badge that says so. So I yeah. think there's some important, relevant pieces of transparency in the bill. Um, I think that's helpful. I think it's requiring the lieutenant governor's office to have more information provided to the public at the state level. I think that's helpful for transparency. So some of those things I think are really helpful. Well, walk us through that. What does that exactly mean, more information available at the lieutenant governor's office? So there's a certain, I think if they have 24 hours to post the bill or the referendum and the bill that the referendum is about, so the public has an easier access 
online, not mm. just maybe a referendum organization or grassroots efforts having their own website immediately. It, it requires the lieutenant governor's office to address some of those transparency issues really quickly. Great. So I think that's helpful, really helpful. And um, I, something I think is important in terms of transparency, I can see it being really problematic, honestly, for clerks. I don't know how it will be addressed down the road, but there is an option to have your name removed once you've signed an, initi an initiative or a referendum. So, you know, that there, needs, there is going to be more transparency in terms of allowing the public to, to know how to get their name removed if they have signed something. But if there's this huge influx, I can see that maybe being problematic. Hopefully on a referendum process, that wouldn't be the case. But I know there's been some confusion with initiatives in the past and the public wanting, maybe being confused when they were told something and they got confused when they signed it. So I do think it at least addresses the need for transparency for the public. That's my big thing is citizen involvement, transparency, so citizens know what's going on and they're aware of what's going on up on the hill. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Marcy, and I, you may not know the answer, but on the initiative portion, have they uh, done away with the paid signature gatherers, or is it just if you're paying, they have to wear a badge? So the amendment, so originally the bill was asking that rather than paid signature gatherers be paid per signature, that they be paid per hour. There's been quite a bit of pushback on that portion of the bill. So the amendment removes that portion of the bill. So you can still have paid signature gatherers, but they have to wear they would have to wear a badge now if this passes. And if you're doing a referendum with the when when people were at Harmons or they were gathering signatures, would they have to wear a badge? They do not have to if it's volunteer. So volunteer grassroots would not have to wear a badge. On the initiative side or the referendum side? On the referendum side, yes, on either side. So volunteers would not have to, only paid signature gatherers. Oh, okay. And the reason for that would be what? Well, when I was talking to Representative Tushar about it, 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 and as you know, when we worked with a referendum, the referendum especially has only a certain amount of time period to get it done. It wouldn't be logistically possible to get everybody a numbered badge to wear because there were thousands of volunteers across the state we had to do it in 30 days so that's just not really a possibility if there's a groundswell grassroots initiative effort it's also very difficult to know how many volunteers are going to jump on board and participate so to have a numbered assigned to the legislative i mean through the lieutenant governor's office badge would also logistically be problematic in terms of volunteerism so mm. it's for paid entities and also, I, I think more importantly, it's for the public to be made aware that this person is paid to get signatures. So they may have information that could be persuasive, and it gives, I think, the public, you know, the opportunity to say, hey, I want to look into it more because this person is kind of selling me on whether or not I, sh whether or not I should because they're paid to do it. Does that make sense? There is a difference. It does. And, and, and the direction I'm going with this is, you know, and I can understand the wisdom in that. But let me ask you this. When politicians trying to get on the ballot hire paid signature gatherers, do their paid signature gatherers have to wear that same name tag? I think that's a very important question. And I brought the same thing up. It is not addressed in this bill. But it could set precedence down the road for something like that to be added. Okay, I'm going to start holding my breath right now. 
You do that. <laughs> and actually, you know, I really believe in citizen involvement. So we just keep pushing it, right? We keep pushing, hey, this is something that we want. If it's required on the initiative and referendum process, if there's paid signature gatherers and they have to wear a badge, it should be the same for signature gathering to be put on the ballot. Amen. I totally Amen. agree with you. Yes. Amen. Well, Marcy, let me ask you this. What else are you seeing? We have about two minutes left. Any other bills that you want people that, that need extra attention or TLC from my audience on? TLC. Well, something that I'm particularly interested in is um, House Bill 92. I'll be working um, with some other people interested in it. We're actually meeting with Representative Ship, who is the sponsor on it. It has not gotten out of a rules committee, and it is a medical changes amendment, and it's it discusses, um, I think a lot of the public isn't aware of how many surgeries are being done in the state of Utah right now for sex changes for minors. And this would not allow that. Um, and from my perspective, because my doctorate degree is in human development, so I have this specialization in kind of how children and adolescents think, and they're not completely in full capacity to make those decisions that are very permanent and that would sterilize um, both sex changes. So that seems like a really um, permanent decision that's made at a time period where development hasn't achieved adulthood yet. Well, Marcy, so, let, let me ask you that. Are these decisions mm-hmm. permanent when the young kids they make are, them? They are in terms, yes, they are per, they're permanent in terms of sterilization, so they wouldn't be able to have children down the road. Hmm. So and, it's, and how young it's, are it's, children allowed to be currently to make those decisions? So right now there is no law on it. Wow. So a parent could come in with a 10-year-old and say, hey, we want to do a sex change. And in the state of Utah, it's allowed right now, and it is occurring. A lot of the public doesn't know it. It's a very controversial bill. I can understand why it would be incredibly problematic and, and painful for families who feel really strongly that a sex change needs to occur you know, at 14 or 16, and and there's a part of me that feels um, intently like I, I don't want to cause suffering for any child, right? Marcy, Marcy, I mean, we're up against the hard break at the end of the show, but we will bring you back on Got next it. week if you have time. We would love to hear about this, and we need to hear about it. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Remember, get right with God, be kind. Brian Hyde, up next. <laughs> 